Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Who do you think of as being a mentor or an encourager in your life? Maybe a coach from high school who pushed you to perform better than you thought you could, a teacher, leader, or other volunteer that invested in you and their words caused you to try a little harder or finish a task you thought about quitting. Today, Pastor Jim shares the reality that while those people are vital to the development of the next generation, eventually you have to stand up on your own and become self-motivated. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 as he continues his message, Passing the Baton. He's telling Timothy, you got to look at the divine providence in your life because that will help you be motivated by the grace of God to press on. And I think for a lot of you and for me, for a lot of us, it's just so important. We may not be satisfied with where we are, but sometimes we have to look back at where we came from. And, you know, we say we're not what we were, but we're not what we're going to be. You know what? Some of you are like, well, I don't really want to do that because I want to think like that. Well, you're not giving God the credit then. You got to give God the credit. You know, so you look at back at, at maybe some of your, the way you were or your own belief or whatever. And again, maybe you're not happy about where you are right now, but at least you have to say, well, Lord, I cannot believe what I used to be. And I'm so looking forward for what you're going to do in me. And much of 2 Timothy actually is an appeal to all of us to press on because it is easy to give up, especially Americans. We are so used to being comfortable. And anytime anything gets a little uncomfortable, you're like, oh, I can't deal with this. Someone came out to me Sunday and said, you know, it was an Easter sermon I've been here before on Easter, usually a lot funnier. I was a little uncomfortable today. And I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> right? Because, you know, we don't want to make it, we want to put on some show. We want you to really understand what Christ wants to say to you. And so a lot of, again, it's an appeal. This letter is an appeal for us to press on, to help us to remember where we came from. And for Timothy, he reminds him, listen, God brought you into a family where your mother and your grandmother had faith. And that's some of your story. And you ignored that faith, or maybe some of you embraced it, maybe others of you ignored it, or you didn't really make it your own till later in life. For others of you, you're just the first generation. You're the first one. And you're trying to pass it on, and you're doing the best you can, and just sometimes it doesn't seem to work the way you want it to be. But always remember, there was someone who shared Christ with you. There was someone. And Timothy is told, listen, that which was shared with you, okay, dwells within you. He's like, it's almost like a picture of be like, I see it in you, boy. I see it. You know, just the way you, if I said to you, hey, we're having a meeting here today. I got to go talk to the people that are part of this church. Listen. Get in there, help them set up the chairs, you know, get some water for the people. And he would be like, I, and I saw the joy with which you did that. You weren't like, 
well, I'm Timothy. I don't do that stuff, right? And so that's what it is. And, and he saw that in this guy. He said, I'm persuaded it's also in you. So what is he saying? I'm persuaded that you've transacted with Jesus. You've done your thing. You've put your faith and trust in him. And, you know, when you're a parent, you know, some of your kids may walk with the Lord and some of them may not. My advice to you is this. Don't be proud and don't beat yourself up. Because a lot of them heard the same thing. And for some of them, they're like, yeah. And others are like, no, (laughs) right? And so they got to meet God somehow. Be confident in, in what you've planted in their souls. Pray for them every day, but don't be arrogant and don't be beating yourself up. It's God's work in their heart. Verse six moves us from Timothy's faith to his giftedness. He says, therefore, and what's it there for? Because of the faith that he just talked about in the last verse, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. Another version says, I'm encouraging you, reminding you to fan the flame, to rekindle the gift which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So every true follower of Jesus has a spiritual gift. Did you hear what I just said? You may not know what it is. You may not know what it is, but you have one. And a lot of times what will happen is people will point it out to you. That doesn't mean you you have a Bible verse on your desk and people go, you should be a pastor. Well, maybe in this day and age you should be. But you're probably just the pastor of your office. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we all have a gift. And he says to him what? Keep it sharp. Keep the fire burning. Stay at it. Don't let your faith burn out. Have any of you noticed that you only have to be away from church a couple weeks and you start to flame out? It does not take long at all. And so he says here, through the laying on of my hands. Now, that could be some sort of ordination. It could be something, a recognition of the gift that he had. And just remember this, that those who God calls, he gifts. And he doesn't gift everybody the same way. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, all the time there's stuff breaking around here. Breaking around here, okay? I am the unhandy man. When stuff breaks in my house, I call my wife. She's handy. My kids are all handy. I'm not. I don't know how that happened. My father could fix anything. I just think everything skips a generation. I don't know what's up with that, right? But that's okay. That's okay. People come in, the guys from the town walk in, they go, all the first thing they say all the time, man, this place is so clean, right? People clean the church. I, don't, I used to when we first started, but I, I don't anymore. And it's a good thing because they wouldn't come in and say it looked clean. My wife's like, I thought you said you made the bed. I'm like, I did. <laughs> right? You're like, I thought you cleaned the kitchen. I did. <laughs> right? So it's just, 
just that certain things we're good at and certain things that we're not at. And, you know, we serve Jesus in, in a lot of different ways. And that's fine. And don't feel bad about it. You don't have a certain gift. People say to me, oh, it must be so much more fulfilling for you being a pastor and preaching all the time than it was when you, you know, worked in a warehouse and owned your business. And I'm like, well, to be honest with you, I preached to every guy who came to the place. <laughs> and I don't feel any different. I don't. I just feel like you serve the Lord where he puts you. And, and that's, that's it. I don't. Maybe I'm supposed to, but I don't. I'm just, that's what we're supposed to do. And so those who God calls, he gifts. You, if you don't know your gifts, ask your friends. If, you, if they don't know it, not your un, unsaved friends, your Christian friends. If you don't have one, join a small group. Trust me, five, six weeks, they'll know. They're like, oh, you're such an encourager. Oh, you're such a servant, right? You really, you really have the gift of administration. You're organized, right? So those kinds of things, that, those are gifts that if you don't have them in a church, church is doomed, the church is doomed. If we didn't have people here with the encouragement, I could not possibly call everybody all the time. That's all I would do. Or I'd have to get up here and give the same message every week. Jesus loves you. <laughs> that's, all, that's all it would ever be. Or I'd have to do what a lot of guys now. They're like, I have no time to do sermons. I buy them online. Now, it happens a lot where people are convinced that God has called them to do something and no one else sees, sees that in them. And sometimes we have to accept that reality, that there is a spirit-given ministry. Now, this is one of the things that we say in Calvary Chapel. We say that we don't call the trained, we train the called. Now, you got to think about that for a second. We're, we're looking to see whose hand God is on, and then we work with that. And, and so another thing is we say, we don't ordain pastors. We recognize people that God has already ordained. You know, we always say, we say that the Lord has already done that. Now, Pastor Chuck used to tell us, sometimes we ordain some scoundrels, <laughs> and we do. <laughs> but, you know, that's sort of our philosophy, on the other hand, I would never challenge the Apostle Paul that when he laid hands on somebody that there was some sort of special work of the Spirit done in somebody's life. There was just an anointing on that guy's life that's just not normal. Either way, Timothy, even though he was timid, we're going to see that, and, and even though he was kind of sickly, we'll see that, he was made a leader through the gifting of the indwelling Holy Spirit, and the Apostle Paul recognizes it. Again, for all of us, there will be times when we may think that we have a gift or we know that God's given us a gift and we don't see it, and we need others to remind us of it. So when you see, and I'm not talking about me, okay, you guys, are, and I don't want to be ungrateful because I get so many wonderful emails and letters and cards and all that kind of stuff. So I don't want to seem ungrateful. But when you see someone using their gift, tell them, tell them. I mean, wouldn't it be great? I don't want to blow it for the greeters. If you're a greeter, turn your phone off, turn your thing off right now. Wouldn't it be, the, wouldn't it be great to walk in on a Sunday morning 
and just look at the greeters and go, you know what? That's the most joyful face I've seen all week long. Or say to the guys in the parking lot, you know what? You guys do a great job out here. I bet you don't always feel as appreciated, but I want to let you know I appreciate it. You want me to bring you out a cup of coffee or anything like that? They'll be like, well, no, actually, I want an egg sandwich. Go down to the deli. <laughs> no, they don't say that. <laughs> but, but, you know, just, just tell people that you appreciate what they do. But it's not just the gift of the Spirit for ministry. It's also the gift that inspires hard work. Because you got to stay at it, even when it's not going well, and have a passion for the work that God has given you to do. And I suspect that that may be what the Apostle Paul is driving at. Like, Timothy, you're not going to have me anymore to push you forward. That flame, that fire to serve God, a lot of times you're just going to have to rely on the calling that you have, that we told you you were meant for this. Again, he was sickly, he was timid, relatively young, probably mid-30s. Oh, no, we're the same age. No, sorry. Church opposition was fierce in some of the places. These, when he dispatched apostles to places, the Apostle Paul, there was often problems there. The government is starting to close in on them, right? They're no longer just this little kind of, they're on the radar now, if you will. And Timothy's going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not going to need just encouragement from the Apostle Paul. He's going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to make anybody feel guilty, but I think too many people are just waiting to serve. Roll up your sleeves, just get to it, and people will begin to see how God has gifted you. If you're dedicated to the task, that it's important for all of us to see Having a gift and using a gift are two entirely different things. I know that's simple, but you really got to think about it. Having a gift and using a gift are two entirely different things. When I was at Calvary Chapel Oldbridge, the, the youth pastor was getting to ready to go into the mission field. And one time he called me up at work at like four o'clock in the afternoon. He said, can you teach youth group tonight? I got to go do a funeral. I said, sure. He goes, do you know how to do it? I go, no, but I just did it. And then I, and then a few more times I did it. And then they called me into the office. I thought, oh, they're kicking me out of the church. And they said, okay, what are we going to do with this thing? I'm like, what thing? They're like, you don't know? And I'm like, no. And they're like, you can teach the Bible, bro. <laughs> like, you've got a gift for it, man. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. They're like, no. The youth pastors, they stand up, and the kids are all, like, talking and fiddling around and stuff like that. You stand up, and they're all like this, staring. I go, I think they're afraid of me. <laughs> but so sometimes people are going to challenge you in those things. I, I was like, well, I'm just a dude. Man. I, don't, I don't know what I'm talking about here. But he's going to need it. And so sometimes, again, you got to roll up your sleeves, get to work. Because if you don't use a gift that God has given you, the fire can go out, can it? It can. 
And it's not always to get it back. Now, is it too late? Not if the fire is still burning in your heart. And sometimes people say to me, what do you think the church needs more than anything else? Honestly, what I think it needs, I think it needs people who've been in the faith a long time, both men and women, an older man to take a younger man out to a lunch and just talk to him about what it means to be a Christian man. And an older woman to take out someone younger. If you don't have money for lunch, we'll give it to you. And just to tell them, this is what it means to be a Christian woman. We call that discipleship. That's almost disappeared from the church. And I go out to lunch sometimes with some young guys. They look like they're ready to cry when we're done. I'm like, I really got to go. I really got to go. But it's, it's really needed. Verse 7. Let's see if I can fit verse 7 in. Because it connects us to verse 6. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Timothy was a fearful guy. Some versions say timidity or cowardice. But of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Some versions say sound judgment, self-control, or self-discipline. It could be that Timothy is very fearful of what the next step is, and the Apostle Paul says to him, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right? Notice how he says us. He's not given us a spirit of fear. That comes from us. Timothy, It's very difficult to be bold with the gospel if you're full of fear. You can do it, but it's very difficult. Fear of the Lord, yes, but not of all the opinions of what other people think of you. And it could be he's calling Timothy to an honest self-assessment of yourself. Really think about this. Are you letting the opinions of others have too much sway in your life? Over the years, I've noticed that that most of the people, not all, who pull away from serving, sometimes there are extenuating circumstances, they're just not relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. They're just not trusting the Holy Spirit. They, oh, God's called me to do this, and two weeks later, oh, it's not what I expected. God's called me to do something else. I'm like, that Holy Spirit, man, he can never make up his mind. (laughs) Perhaps Timothy's fear was putting the fire out. So the Apostle Paul needed to remind him of what the Holy Spirit gives. And remembering what the Holy Spirit gives to God's people will lift us up and equip us to serve people as God has called us to. Now, you might think, well, he's not. I mean, he's calling him out as a fearful guy. That's not really very encouraging. That's not very nice. No, 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 he knows what he's talking about. And I know Timothy would have known this. When the Apostle Paul went to Corinth, listen to what the conversation he has with Jesus is. Acts 18, verse 9 and 10. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in night by a vision. Do not be afraid. Now, who would you tell not to be afraid to? Someone who's afraid. It was a smart group we got here tonight. (laughs) But speak 
and do not keep silent. Why? You see, we get to this point and we stop. And we go, okay, I can't, I have to speak. And then you get in the situation and you get fearful and you want to speak and you don't. You got to read the next verse. For I am with you. For I am with you. Can't tell you how many times Pastor John comes up to my office on Sunday mornings and he goes, all right, how are we doing? I go, I got no message, bro. And then I'm always like, well, Lord, you're with me, right? (laughs) For I am with you and no one will attack you or hurt you for I have many people in this city. And he continued there for a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. So he tells Timothy that God gives us power, love, and a sound mind. He knows he's leaving Timothy with a tough task, and he knows that Timothy's going to need the Holy Spirit's power to get the task done. Now, power is not rolling over people. It is enduring difficulty. It is pressing in to the work of the Lord And what did we just see in Acts 18? The apostle Paul fought off fear with what? The Lord's promise. That's how we fight off fear. We fight off fear with the Lord's promise. Remember the end of Matthew's gospel? You were here. Some of you were like, we were here for years, Pastor Jim, when we did gospels, Matthew's gospel. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you always. That's what the Apostle Paul is passing on to Timothy now. Be bold in the ministry that God has given you and do it in his power and do it in love and do it with a sound mind. This is a big weakness for a lot of people. Just You have to have a good head about you. Self-discipline not easily distracted to be focused in our service because if we're not focused, you're just going to be disappointed all the time because things are often just not what you want it to be. It's not what you want it to be. So once again, we see the meeting of those two things, God's sovereignty in calling Timothy to the work and Timothy's human responsibility for the task at hand. Timothy will need, and so will we, that for when life becomes unglued or it seems like it's falling apart. This is how God grows his people. This is how he puts stability in our walk with him and enables us to fulfill our ministry. Some of us need to toughen up some. Some of us need to soften up some. Okay? That's why I'm so thankful for my wife. If you think I'm not soft now, you should have met me when I met her. (laughs) Oh, boy. Timothy needs to recall and put to use all the Holy Spirit makes available to a follower of Jesus. And for all of us, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit's power. This is important because it's so easy to get derailed by this life. It's so easy to put off what God has in store with you. For you, it is so easy to be paralyzed by fear. 
And right now, our country is becoming paralyzed by fear, right? And what does God want us to do? Be of people of the spirit and power and not fear and of a sound mind. You say, but what if I'm not a follower of Jesus or I'm not sure? 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment or some verses say punishment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So how are you made perfect in love? If you're not a follower of Jesus, the place to start is to come to the foot of the cross where Jesus died on the cross for you. And if you will simply put your trust in him, his perfect love will cast out your fear. And then like the rest of us who are followers of Jesus must do, as Jesus hands out the baton of faith and service and love for the kingdom and for God's people and for the world, grab the baton and run the race that God has for you. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.